This recording is intended to be used as an educational resource for healthcare providers. It is in no way a substitute for the independent decision making and judgment of a qualified healthcare professional. It should not be used to make a diagnosis or to overrule the advice of a qualified healthcare provider, nor should it be used to provide advice for emergency medical treatment. Strategies for effectively working with interpreters. Welcome to our module on working with interpreters. Today's objectives are to understand the indications for interpreter use with patients and the scope of practice for approved bilingual providers, identify limitations and harms of ad hoc interpretation, and to identify best practices in communication when working with an interpreter. We will start with why it is important to work with interpreters. A large portion of our patient population has limited English proficiency. In 2013, the number of individuals with limited English proficiency was estimated to be about 25 million, a number that will continue to rise. Furthermore, these patients have a higher rate of adverse events and a higher risk of harm in the healthcare setting than their English proficient counterparts. Therefore, it is incredibly important that we bridge the language barriers in order to gain the trust of the family and patient and promote bi-directional conversation that engages families and leads to the highest quality, family-centered, equitable, and safe care. We will now share some basic information about working with children and families with limited English proficiency. First, some definitions. The term limited English proficiency, or LEP, refers to a person above the age of five who reports speaking English less than very well as classified by the U.S. Census Bureau. Patients with limited English proficiency are protected by federal and state guidelines. An interpreter is a person who translates orally for parties conversing in different languages or one who explains or expounds. Professional medical interpreters are the only people who should interpret in a clinical setting. Although we have all seen it happen, children, family members, friends, and bilingual providers should not interpret. Bilingual providers should not act as interpreters, but they may speak with patients in a non-English language within the scope of their professional role. For example, a nurse who is an approved bilingual provider may provide explanations of the medications he or she is administering to the patient at bedside. If a physician enters the room to discuss consent for a surgical procedure while the nurse is in the room, the nurse cannot provide interpretation for this discussion between the physician and patient. Ad hoc interpreters may not interpret information accurately and reliably. This runs the risk of leaving important information out in either direction, speaking for the patient rather than interpreting what they say, being distracted, and changing the meaning of what is being communicated. The roles of interpreter include being one, a conduit or message broker, two, a clarifier, three, an advocate for the patient, and four, a cultural broker. An example of cultural brokerage is explaining a common belief, such as susto, that is found in one language but not in another. Training for interpreters covers all these goals. They learn medical terminology both in English and the target language. They learn about ethics around interpreting, as well as legal issues. They learn the skills required for effective, high-quality interpretation.
Interpreters follow a strict code of conduct. This includes accuracy of interpretation, impartiality, confidentiality, and transparency. These are crucial for appropriate interpretation. However, there may be situations in which an interpreter may not be used. First, in emergency situations, if efforts are made but an interpreter is not found and care would otherwise be delayed, the team may proceed with emergency care. In addition, bilingual providers may speak directly to patients when they follow all rules set by the institution and are speaking directly to patients or families with no one else in the room who needs to know the information. In general, partner with an interpreter if you have any concerns at all about communication. It is better to have an interpreter with you when you enter the room rather than having to stop the conversation to page an interpreter and wait for them to arrive. Next, we will discuss the various types of interpretation. In-person interpretation is the first type. The pros are that the interpreter is more personal and engaging, can quote-unquote read the room and respond to nonverbal cues, and the team does not have to rely on technology that could fail. Most patients prefer in-person interpreters if an approved bilingual provider isn't available. However, this method can be slower to obtain and advanced reservation may be needed. Video interpretation is a newer option. This allows some visual cues for the interpreter, which is especially important for American Sign Language patients and can often be obtained more rapidly than an in-person interpreter. In addition, the interpreter does not need to be on-site and there are often agreements to obtain more languages with an external interpretation provider. However, technology and Wi-Fi can fail it is harder to quote-unquote read the room, and American Sign Language interpretation may lag with a video. Telephone interpretation is the third major option. This is a rapid option, often contracting with external interpreter providers. However, technology can fail, it often can feel less personal, and American Sign Language interpretation is not possible. All efforts should be made to use a hospital phone to call. In situations where this is not possible, it is helpful to program the numbers for interpreter services at your respective health center into your phone. Interpretation is not the same as translation. Translation is written while interpretation is spoken, and certification for the two are different. Translation is incredibly important, especially as part of discharge instructions or after visit summaries. You should consult your interpreter services department about the timeline and capabilities they have in this sphere. Next, we will demonstrate best practices for working with interpreters using examples of patient encounters. First, we will show you a video that exemplifies practices you should not use when working with interpreters. Hi, I'm Dr. Daughter. It's very nice to meet you both today. Can you tell me how your son has been doing? Hi, Doctor. My friend doesn't speak English very well. I'm going to have to translate. Okay. Can you tell me how uh, his son has been doing? Uh, everything started uh, like six days ago. For the last six days, he had fever, vomiting, stomach pain, and coughing. Okay. Has he had any rash, conjunctivitis, or swelling in his hands or his feet? Sorry, doctor, what is conjunctivitis? Any redness in his eyes? 
الطبيب يسال اذا كان عنده اي طفح جلدي اي احمرار في العينين اي تورم في اليدين او القدمين لا لا هو يعني يمكن عينيه كانت شوي محمره بس كان هو عم يبكي كثير اخر كم يوم No, maybe his eyes look red, He's asking doctor if you know what's wrong with his son. Yeah, well I think it could be several things. It could be a common cold or a stomach bug. There's a lot of things going around this winter. It also could be something called Kawasaki's disease, especially with this history of several days of fever. Now, I can't say for certain that that's exactly what it is, because he doesn't meet all the criteria for that. We need to see, uh, we need to send some more testing uh, that would involve some inflammatory markers. We need to look at his heart and do an echocardiogram. Um, I think that that would be the best place to start. Uh, مع التهابات كثيرة ويقول من المستحسن عمل عدة فحوصات للقلب كذلك. Okay. This video emphasizes many things that we should not do when working with interpreters and how it can impact a visit. Using untrained interpreters can lead to issues such as incorrect interpretation, which can harm patients. The provider-parent relationship is also damaged by not using best practices. Next, we will show you an encounter in which best practices are used and highlight each of these practices. These next videos will highlight some of our top tips for working with interpreters. Hi, I'm Dr. Dodder. Thank you so much for helping us today. Hi, I'm Eva. I'm a Spanish interpreter. Thank you for calling us. Absolutely. So I'd like to tell you a little bit about our patient. She's here for her annual physical exam. I'm going to begin the visit by talking about how she's doing overall, then lead into any specific questions or concerns that she might have, and then discuss some areas of increased morbidity and mortality in her age group. All right. Before I do that, um, I just want to let you know that it's standard practice for us to just offer a private conversation for the patient if anyone is present in the room with her. Is there anything that I should be aware of culturally uh, that would impede that from happening? The interpreter may provide valuable information at this point, especially if the doctor is able to first provide information such as country or culture of origin, level of education, and other personal or social factors that are known. Background is important for interpreters. Knowing the clinical scenario can help the interpreter to adjust their tone and interpreting style accordingly. They are trained to respond differently in different situations, such as goals of care discussions, discharge teaching, or sharing of difficult news. Any concerns about literacy should also be communicated prior to the visit. Meet for a few moments prior to the encounter with the interpreter to create a plan for the encounter. Encourage interpreters to clarify or to provide you with cultural or any other information that may be helpful. Hi, I'm Dr. Dodder. It's very nice to meet you. Hola, buenos días. Soy el Dr. Dodder. Es un placer conocerla. Mi nombre es Eva. Yo soy un intérprete. Este, el servicio de intérpretes está garantizado por una ley federal. Todo lo que nosotros vamos a conversar en esta interpretación va a ser con, totalmente confidencial, a menos que usted mencione algo que pudiera ponerla en riesgo potencial a usted o a las personas a su alrededor. 
Muchas gracias. Eh, gusto en conocerlo a los dos. Mi nombre es Carola. Um, thank you very much. Nice to meet you both of you. My name is Carola. Absolutely. Well, thank you for being here today. How are you doing? Uh, muchas gracias por estar aquí con nosotros el día de hoy. ¿Cómo se siente usted? Gracias. Bastante bien. Hoy me siento bastante bien. Um, thank you. Uh, today I feel very well. Thank you. Let the patient know that the encounter will be entirely confidential, including with the interpreter. Reassure the family that the interpreter is guaranteed to them by federal law. Interpreters are not allowed to stay inside the room alone with the patient. They should speak in first person. Interpreters control the flow of communication. Providers should speak directly to the patient, not to the interpreter. Well, I'm very glad to hear that overall you're feeling pretty well. Do you have any specific questions or concerns today that we can talk about? Me alegra mucho saber que en general le está yendo muy bien. ¿Tiene alguna pregunta o preocupaciones que quiera, que quiera mencionar? Sí, lo que me pasa a veces, cada tanto, es que me duele la cabeza. Tengo dolores de cabeza. What happens sometimes or um, every once in a while is that I'm having headaches. Okay, I'm so sorry to hear that. When did the headaches begin? Lo siento mucho. ¿Cuándo le empezaron esos dolores de cabeza? Más o menos hace un año atrás. Um, it's been, uh, it started about a year ago, more or less. Okay, I'm so sorry. And can you describe these headaches to me? Lo siento mucho. ¿Usted me puede decir, describir cómo son esos dolores de cabeza? Sí, gracias. Eh, siento como una puntada de este lado izquierdo de mi cabeza. Yes, thank you. I feel like this like throbbing pain in the left side of my head. Make eye contact with the patient, not the interpreter, even when taking notes or using a computer. Encourage the patient to make eye contact with you as well. When possible, position yourself in a triangular position with the patient and the interpreter. Avoid speaking around the patient. If a patient truly does not speak English, it can feel as though the team is keeping secrets from them. Furthermore, when an interpreter is present, don't use English as an opportunity to share secrets among the medical team. Don't say anything you don't want the patient to hear. If you do need to clarify in English, inform the patient that this is occurring. Speak slowly and in short sentences with frequent pauses. This gives the interpreter the opportunity to interpret everything that is said. Encourage the patient to do the same. Most interpreters, except those for American Sign Language, interpret consecutively. That is to say, the provider speaks, followed by the interpreter, rather than simultaneously, which is when the provider and interpreter are speaking at the same time. If simultaneous interpretation is distracting, please ask the interpreter to change to consecutive. Avoid medical lingo. It is hard to interpret and can be hard for the interpreter and patient to understand. Avoid idiomatic phrases, which can be misinterpreted or misunderstood by someone who is unfamiliar with the English language. Well, I know that we discussed a lot today. Yo sé que discutimos muchas cosas hoy. Sí, gracias. Yes, thank you. Absolutely. So to make sure that I explained everything clearly, would you mind repeating back what our treatment plan was together? That way I can make sure that we understand it completely. Bueno, para asegurarme de que discutimos el plan este claro todo, ¿usted podría repetirme lo que le, le mencionamos? Seguro. Eh, primero voy a tener un diario anotando los días de mis dolores de cabeza. Voy a tomar mucha agua durante el día y voy a tratar de dormir mejor. 
Yes, I'm going to keep a diary to write um, the, the headaches on the days that I have those headaches. And then I'm going to drink a lot of water and I'm going to uh, make sure that I sleep better. Wonderful. Great job. And additionally, you can take ibuprofen if you feel a headache beginning. Eh, maravilloso, muy bien. Y también eh, usted puede tomar ibuprofen si siente que le está comenzando un dolor de cabeza. Ah, qué bueno. Gracias. Oh, that's great. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for your help today. I wanted to take a moment to step outside of the room so we can debrief on the patient encounter. Oh, that's great. Thank you. Absolutely. Do you have any questions or concerns about what we discussed with the patient today? No, and I think everything went real smoothly. So thank you. Absolutely. Your help was so critical, and so we appreciate it so much. And let me know if there's anything that you can think of that we can do differently. Oh, yeah, it was a pleasure. Of course I will. Absolutely. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. Confirm that the patient was able to understand everything that was explained. Ask the family to relay back what they understood, including which medications to take and when. Explore one-word answers and monitor facial expressions. Patients may be offering one-word answers or simple agreements for multiple reasons. As with all patients, teach back is very important. They may come from a deferential culture, or they may be too embarrassed to admit their confusion. Some words or phrases might need to be conveyed differently in a different language. Therefore, it is important to partner with the interpreter to make sure that communication is as clear as possible. Asking the interpreter to explain to you what they are saying can frequently be helpful in guiding the way you carry out the rest of your conversation. Let the interpreter know when the appointment is over, even on phone or iPad. Outside the room, ask the interpreter their thoughts on the encounter. They may be able to pick up subtleties regarding language, culture, or understanding, of which you might not be aware. Lastly, let's cover a few final tips. Flow of conversation might not be as you are used to while working with an interpreter. Always remember to keep an open mind. You may have to think outside the box with your communication style to help facilitate open communication. When talking to a patient who is deaf, always work with an American Sign Language interpreter. Use visual materials regarding the body part involved so the patient has a better understanding of the situation. This concludes our session on interpretation and best practices. Please remember the importance of working with interpreters in the healthcare setting. We hope you now understand when to work with an interpreter, the limitations of ad hoc interpretation, how working with interpreters leads to increased satisfaction, and some best practices for working with interpreters. This recording is a production of Open Pediatrics, a free and open access resource for pediatric clinicians worldwide. For more pediatric care materials or to join our global community, please visit our website at openpediatrics.org.